श्रीला गुरुदेव की जाय श्रीमन महाप्रभु की जाय श्री श्री राधा दामोदार जी की जाय श्री हरिनाम संकीर्तन की जाय गो श्री एकादशी की जाय गौर भक्त वृंद की जाय गौर प्रमानंद हरि हरि बो So, good evening to all of you, Pranam. Thanks so much for coming, and it's my pleasure to to join you today in our last evening meeting in our series of of lectures concerning Mahaprabhu's pastimes in Sri Navadvipdham. We have been um, Speaking about Mahaprabhu's Leela in Jagannath Puri in our, in our previous visit to Bulgaria was what, like four months ago or something? So now we chose to complement that by speaking on Sri Navadu Leela. So today is our last meeting. We have been speaking about the ontology of Mahaprabhu, the ultimacy of Gaur Tattva, the birth of Sri Gaur Sundar, Janma Bhumi, Janma Leela, then his pastimes as a child, Kumar Leela. Then as a boy, Poganda Lila, then as a youth, Kishore Lila, and then as a further youth, Jovana Lila. And today we reached our last part, which, strictly speaking, is not a pastime in Navadvip, but it's quite connected to it and it's like a bridge to what comes after that, which is Puri Lila, which is Mahaprabhu's sannyas, the acceptance when, when Nimai, where Vishwambar becomes Sri Krishna Chaitanya, another chapter. <laughs> so we will conclude our series today speaking on, on the Sanyas Lila of Sri Chaitanya Dev. But as usual, first we will share some words about what we spoke yesterday. When we described the, the, some pastimes of the Jovana Lila period, Jovana Lila is from 16 years onwards uh, in Navadvip. Many of them revolving around Sankirtan, Naik Sankirtan at Sri Vasangam. Mm-hmm. And many of them surrounding people entering, trying to enter into the Naik Sankirtan without having the, the eligibility for doing so. Mm-hmm. We began with that, with Sri Vastakur's mother-in-law trying to sneak out into the Sankirtan and not being able to be there and Mahaprabhu not feeling the usual joy and with this making the point certain specific layers of a spiritual experience are mostly reserved for people with the proper uh, adhikar. Everyone is potentially invited there, but one has to have the adhikar to enter there in order to basically survive, if you will, <laughs> the intensity of those situations. So, so we spoke about that, we spoke about the Acharya trying to <clears throat> offer respect to Mahaprabhu, not, uh, not receiving respect, trying to take his dust, and, and, and trying to pre, starting to preach, <coughs> to speak about uh, Gyan Abu Bhakti. So he received the mercy of Mahaprabhu in the form of sweet chastisement. And Mahaprabhu gives mercy to Advaita almost to the point of killing him. <laughs> no? I'm, I'm Advaita in ecstasy, just being grateful. Finally, you are not respecting me, and finally, you are chastising me. That's what I wanted, basically. Thank you so much. <laughs> And different other Leelas with Suklambar Brahmachari who was Sudam in Krishna Leela, Mahaprabhu taking from him the raw rice, or Mahaprabhu playing this drama in the house of Chandrasekhar and dancing like Lakshmi and Rukmini and other 
shaktis and devis, and the devotees uh, contemplating that. Uh, some lilas with Murari Gupta as well, uh, the so-called apparat of Sachi, who, who offended, quote-unquote, Advaita Acharya, and so on. Gopal Chapal trying to blaspheme Sri Pandit by putting some ingredients in the door of his house. I don't want to enter into details. We'll repeat the same class again. If not, I know that can happen. <laughs> um, uh, what else? Mahaprabhu planting this tree immediately, one seed and immediately mango tree coming, or Mahaprabhu being with an astrologer who asked him, who were you in your previous life? Mahaprabhu asked to the astrologer, who, are, who was I in the previous life? He said, and the astrologer made all the calculations and said, you were God. <laughs> and you are God, because if you were God means you are, you are Bhagavan. And Mahaprabhu said, no, 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 you, you, are, you must be mistaken, I was a cowherd boy in my previous life. <laughs> I was such a nice Baisya that by accruing proper piety, Punya, now I was born in a higher birth as a Brahmana. No? <laughs> Basically. And then we concluded almost with the conversion of Chan Kasi and the opposition that came to the Sankirtan at that time and how the Sankirtan through this Lila went out of the house of Srivas and went through all Navadip and eventually reaching the shores of Sofia, Bulgaria and other places around the world. And uh, and also we spoke about the, the, the pastime where Srivas' son is dying in the midst of the Kirtan and how Srivas reacts to that and how Mahaprabhu reacts to Srivas' reaction. And we concluded uh, last lecture with something connected to today's topic, which is uh, this Lila in which, um, again, another person without the Adhikar wants to enter the, the, the night Kirtan because nonetheless the Kirtans were out of, of Shiva Sangan. But at night, they, Mahaprabhu continued with his intimate group executing Rasa Sankirtan. So there, there was one Brahman who claimed, I have the right to enter there because I only drink milk. No, which is super sadvik and super pious and dharmic on on certain level of consideration, but on, on the bhakti level of Sri Chaitanya Dev, that was not enough. Uh, uh, how to say, no? like merit to to be present there. So basically, he said that, and this Brahmin further showed that he was not having the enough merit because he started to get enraged with Mahaprabhu and cursed him. No, he told him. Your, your family life and your material life will be a total disaster. <laughs> so Mahaprabhu said, Go, Hari. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy's blessing through the curse of the Brahman. And of course, this is in connection to what we will see today, the Sanyas Lila, which it was a necess- necessity of the unfolding of the Lila on earth. So actually, that Brahman accursing Mahaprabhu was instrumental in, in all the other things to happen. So we are not to point at the Brahma as such a demon, he shouldn't have done that. No, he was no, instrumentalized by the internal energy of Bhagavan to do that. So that's like the beginning of the whole thing, no? how Mahaprabhu's Lila starts to unfold with the curse of the Brahman. But there, this, there is much more to say. So today we will continue on that, trying to understand the different levels of reasons as to why Mahaprabhu accepted sannyas in connection to the external reasons for his descent, to the internal reason for his descent, and so on. So, in this connection, it is said that after the curse of the Brahman, again, this sannyas started to unfold gradually, more and more dynamically. And one day Mahaprabhu was singing Sankirtan in the street by himself, totally mad in love, 
in, in, in Radha Bhav, in the mood of Radha internally. And he was chanting Gopi, 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 Gopi. So that's not the usual uh, kirtan, we, mantra we recite on Sankirtan. And generally we are not on the street singing Gopi, Gopi. Mahaprabhu will do these things, as we mentioned in the Rathiyatra, he will sing like a secular pop song of the time, love song, and everyone was like, what, what's that? Then, you are supposed to sing Jagannatha Swami, Nayana Patagami, Bhava Tume, or Mahamantra, or something. But this is not in the song book. I mean, the song you are singing is, is basically something from the radio or something like that. No? But Rupa Goswami could understand what he was about. So in this way, here Mahaprabhu was singing Gopi, Gopi, Gopi in ecstasy. So then one Sanskrit scholar approached him and said, you shouldn't be chanting Gopi, Gopi, Gopi. No, I mean, that's not correct. That's not in the... In the, in the scripture, in the book. No? So you should chant the name of Krishna, not Gopi Gopi. And by, by chanting the name of Krishna, you will acquire Punya. Punya means like material piety. He was not referring Bhakti Sukriti, but material piety. So by chanting Krishna, you will acquire material piety and you will have a good, basically, material life. No? That was his conception of chanting the name of Krishna, of this person. So... Basically, Mahaprabhu went here and that, to put it in brief words, he took a stick and started to chase the person, trying to hit the person, <laughs> to go to the point. And of course, there are many explanations as to why he did that, from something more external to something more internal. All of that is internal. So one, of course, one idea is that Mahaprabhu heard this person saying, a Brahmin, so-called Brahmin, saying, Chant the name of Krishna so you acquire, you improve your material situation. So, actually, that's one of the ten Nama Parats. No? To consider Krishna Nama something on the level of Karma Kanda, so to use the name for that, to use Krishna for that. So, Mahaprabhu couldn't tolerate this Vaishnava Parat, so he wants to give mercy to stop that. No? But even on a deeper level, <clears throat> as we mentioned, Mahaprabhu was. Is Krishna, as we mentioned, hmm? Radha Bhava Dyuti Subalitam Nomi Krishna Sarupam is Krishna, but in Radha Bhav, more and more as the Lilam falls. So in this moment Mahaprabhu was in Radha Bhav and he was experiencing man for Krishna. Man means transcendental anger. When Sri Radha gets angry with Krishna, and that's not so easy for, for him to pacify her in those moments. You know, there are many Lilas in which Krishna himself cannot do anything. And he has to take shelter in Radha's maidservants and fall to their feet and start to pray to them, please allow me back into the Kunja. Sri Radha doesn't want to see me, to speak with me. And Krishna, the one who, unto whose feet all the whole universe is bowing down, he himself is bowing down at this point. <laughs> so he can reobtain Radha's audience, Darshan. So in this moment, Mahaprabhu is in this, in this particular moment, internal moment. In Radha Bhav, in Man. Man means Radha is angry with Krishna and she doesn't want to see Krishna. I mean, she always wants to see Krishna. But part of the Lila, in order to increase the experience of Rasa is, I don't want to see you. No. <laughs> so the point is, she doesn't want to hear, to see Krishna, she doesn't want to hear about the name of Krishna. Again, in that particular mood, so this person tells Mahaprabhu, you should chant the name of Krishna. No? So you can imagine, no? Mahaprabhu and Radha Bhav in man telling, 
Chant the name of Krishna, such rascal, <laughs> such womanizer, playboy, liar. Bring me a stick here. She started to chase me. No. <laughs> no. So all the devotees that were with Mahaprabhu somehow pacified Sri Chaitanya, Sundar, because he was, he was running to, to hit this person. And, but the student ran, the Brahmin ran really totally scared. He, he never expected such a reaction. Uh, so he went to other, to other Sanskrit scholars and Brahmins that were quite proud of their learning, and he started to share, no, this Nimai Pandit is going totally crazy, I, pre- I presented the proper religious principle of chanting Krishna Nam for material piety, he took a stick and wanted to beat me, so we have to do something, he's totally mad and he's against our religion. So they started even to organize, to, to give him a good, how do you say in English? Uh, yeah, to chastise Mahaprabhu and to beat him, all of them together. So, of course, Mahaprabhu, being Bhagavan himself, his omniscient side is there, so he knew, oh, they are organizing this. And, and basically he, he felt, I mean, I came to this world, one of the reasons for this is to deliver all of them, but they are planning to beat me. So this is not working. No? For which is another reason that we may say it's part of the cause for his acceptance sannyas. Mm. Because at this moment Mahaprabhu thinks, which, which arrangement can I make so these people who are planning to beat me or, or who do not appreciate what I am about, what I am experiencing internally, and instead they misunderstand me and try to beat me, which adjustment can I make so they can offer me some respect? Not because he, I want respect, but by, by them offering me respect, they will attain some... Sukriti and disposition to appreciate what I want to give. So, of course, the conclusion of this will be sannyas, no? which at that time, in that culture, sannyas is something like appreciated. Even today, if you go to India, generally, sannyas is like Jai Maharaj. No? <laughs> and of course, if you are one of those Maharaj, you have to know how to deal with that humbly also, because you can go crazy as well. <laughs> That's another, another series of lectures. <laughs> But the point is, Mahaprabhu said, yeah, I think that I will accept sannyas. So these people who now are offending me, they will offer me some respect. And by that res- offering of respect, they will be freed from their offenses. And they will be able to appreciate what I am about and what I want to share with them. Mm-hmm. So again, in one sense, we can say this sannyas of Mahaprabhu is a, is a preaching strategy, basically. Well, it's an adjustment. It's, a, it's an external trick to address the, the audience in a particular way. Because again, uh, in, in the deepest sense of the term, Mahaprabhu is not a sannyas. We do not worship Mahaprabhu as sannyas. We will never wor- see an, a deity of Mahaprabhu on the altar as a sannyasi. He's always a nimai. Because we, we project to serve him eternally in Nitya Naudiv as nimai, as Vishwambar, not as Sri Chaitanya Dev. That's a naimitika lila, which means an occasional pastime, which is beautiful and totally instructive, for us to go through it and eventually converge into Navadip and Mahaprabhu there. No? That, that's basically the idea. So, so in this way, Mahaprabhu is making this adjustment to bless and deliver the fallen souls. But again, he doesn't need to do that adjustment when he's in, Golo- in Golok. There's nobody to deliver there. So there's no need to accept sannyas. That's the point, basically. No? He himself is saying many times, no, Nahambi Ba. Yatir Ba. He said, 
I am not Brahman Shudra Bhaisya Shatriya. I am not Brahmachari Grihastavana Prasta nor Sanyasi. He said that being is Sanyasi, no? but he said Gopi Bhartu Padakamalayur Dasa Dasa Nudasa. I am just the servant of the servant of the servant of Krishna, the love of the gopis. That's my internal conception. So even a sannyasi should feel like this. No? One, one shouldn't get too much attached to I'm a sannyasi because eternally we do not project to be sannyasis ourselves. In Golok Vrindavan, in India now, we won't be sannyasis there. Mostly all of them will be grihastas <laughs> in the lila. <laughs> so do not be too much to I'm a monastic. <laughs> if that helps, great, but lila is another thing. Hmm? So Mahaprabhu, when he he realized all this, you know, that they wanted to give him, a, a, a beat him and so on, he, he, he said, he gave like a, a, a riddle. You follow what's a riddle? Hmm? So he said like, uh, I, I prepare people akanda, hmm? people akanda, sorry, which is like a kind of Ayurvedic medicine to, to cure when you have too much mucus. mucus? No, I should take that now. <laughs> But I say, but when I gave this medicine, all, the, the sickness only increased. No? Like implying this idea. No? I, I've tried to, I'm trying to give something, but instead of appreciating that, they're attacking that. So it is said that he, he said this like, like uh, how to say, mysterious words, if you will. Uh, not everyone understood that. But Nityananda Prabhu was present there and he could understand. His heart started to feel agitated. Because he understood where all this will ta- take. Mahaprabhu you know? will take sannyas, which means he will leave Navadiv and so on. Hmm? So it is said that Mahaprabhu took Nityananda, he realized, he understood. He took Nityananda Prabhu to a, like a solitary place. Hmm? Oh, one second that uh, the connection go- went out. So I was telling that. Um, <coughs> that Mahaprabhu took Nityananda to a secluded place because he realized he got what I was saying. And of course, Nityananda Prabhu is also his elder brother, mostly in Krishna Lila. In, in Gaur Lila, he behaves more like a, like a baby in one point. <laughs> Mahaprabhu has to, as we mentioned, to make sure everyone is under appreciating him properly. But nonetheless, he's Baladev. He's the principle of the Guru. He kind of went with Nityananda and mentioned, I'm planning to take sannyas. Like, when you have that idea, we'll go to Sri Guru, we'll go to some authority. Because again, I'm, and, and he says all this, I came to give Krishna now to the world, but when I'm, what I'm trying to deliver that, I'm being criticized, so I think I can take this caution and these measurements and this adjustment to, so people will take me more seriously and gradually appreciate the value of, of Srinam. So, he asked Nityananda, do you give me your blessings, your approval? Which again, it's totally painful for the devotees. It implies he will travel and go and nobody will be with him at some moments. And so, But he said, whatever you want to do, you will do. You are the independent Supreme Lord. But I suggest that you do all this through the agency of your devotees. Well, like implying Bhagavan is independent in one sense, but at the same time he's dependent on his devotees. So please go to your devotees. Hmm? So Mahaprabhu goes to some of his devotees, for example, goes to Mukunda, as we mentioned, was his intimate singer, Kirtaniya. Hmm? And Mukunda again was shocked by hearing the idea, like, sannyas? No, sannyas. Again, sannyas means 
goodbye, <laughs> basically. Especially in those times, you know, the standard of sannyas, for example, you accept sannyas, you are not supposed to return to the village you were born, basically. So Mahaprabhu was a town boy of Navadvip. All Navadvip was in love with him, and they were living with him, and now the Sankirtan movement was flourishing, and everyone was being part of that, and at that point Mahaprabhu is saying, I'm leaving now. So you can imagine how the, the Dhambasis, the Nadia Basis were shocked by that. But again, they said, but what, what, what can I say? You will do whatever you, you can do and whatever is better. But at least stay a little bit more in Navadu. At least stay with us in Kirtan a little bit more. No? Because again, you won't, you won't return here. So please, a little bit more. So after that, Mahaprabhu goes to Gadhadar Pandit, another very intimate associate. We know Shirada is in Gaur Lila. And Gadhadar Pandit is a Pandit so he, and a devotee. So he starts to argue with Mahaprabhu and present argument from Shastra about why, uh, against the idea of him accepting sannyas. No. <laughs> so there is place for that. There is a nice kirtan of Mahaprabhu, when, uh, of Mahaprabhu and Bhaktinath Thakur when he prays, where we Nimai return to Navadvip and leave his sannyas no, and return with all of us to Navadvip and perform kirtan in Sriva Sangam forever. So he's speaking as an inhabitant of Navadvip. You, you generally do not say to a sannyasi, when will you leave your sannyas, please? <laughs> but we have to understand the feeling of the, of the inhabitants of, of the dham. It's like Krishna going out of Vrindavan. Basically, that's the parallel of Mahaprabhu's sannyas. And we will see why he's doing this. So, so Gadadar starts to argue. Like, you don't need to accept sannyas to engage in bhakti. Bhakti is so powerful that, as Bhakti Notakur said, Grihe tako, vani tako, sadahari bali tako. You can be in the forest as a monk, you can be at home. Bhakti is so powerful that you don't need to be a monk or something. I mean, you can remain at home with all of us. No? And then he said, you preach it. Remember when you converted Chant Kasi? You preached that he was... Uh, you asked him, do not kill your mother. Because Chant Kasi was Muslim, and Muslims sometimes eat, or generally eat, cow meat. So cow is considered the mother in Vedic culture. So Mahaprabhu was telling the Chantkasi, you are eating your mother. No? But, so do not kill your mother. But Gadadhar is saying now to Mahaprabhu, but by you accepting sannyas now, you are doing the same thing. Because you will kill Sachi, your mother. You will leave her forever. Remember all the things that she lost already. No? Eight daughters, then Vishwarup accepted sannyas, then Jagannath Misra died, then your first wife, Lakshmi Priya, died. And now you are accepting sannyas. It's, you will be. She won't be seeing you anymore. So, you will be killing your mother. You are. You are not walking the talk, basically. Gadar no? But at, this, at the end of the day, Gadar said, "But whatever you want to do, you will do it, and, and I cannot interfere with that. I, I don't want to go against your wish and your necessity." So that's like the mood of the intimate devotees. They will present their points, <laughs> but at the end they will say. I'm surrendered, whatever you want. No? This is a famous example that I always like to share when <clears throat> when Srila Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur wanted to send some of his disciples to the West. It is said that the very first person he thought about was Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Dev Goswami Maharaj. Because he said, I know he won't be converted. He will go anywhere. He won't be affected and influenced. He won't be, he's so fixed. So I, he asked him first. Asila Siamrash interestingly presented different arguments not to go. But in a particular spirit. No? No, as we know, he said, 
my English is not that well. When I speak, my, 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 my speech is not very clear. My voice is not the best. Second, I'm more like an introverted person. I don't have like a character of going and conquering the world, basically, on this international campaign. So it's not my nature. So it may not work as you want. And third, I don't know, Gurumaj, how much time you will stay in this world. And I would like to remain as close as possible from you to you and draw from whatever you have to give and try to imbibe that. So to say that Prabhupada Siddhanta, with the first two reasons he was not convinced. And when Slatsimana said the third one, he said, okay, you stay with me. Mm. Because he knew having someone like Siddhasimana close to me, in the future he will be able to to give all that in such a nice way. But Siddhasimana, when he gave these three excuses, <laughs> he was not avoiding the task. He said, this is my idea, Guru Maharaj, why I think it wouldn't be the best choice myself. But if on top of this you still think that I should go, I'm totally ready to go. So it's not that he was not willing to go. He said, I'm totally surrendered to you. I go. But I think for this, this and this, maybe someone else will be better. So similar like this. No? They are arguing with Mahaprabhu. They are saying why they sh- he shouldn't do that. <laughs> but at the end of the day, they are like... Whatever you want. We live to please you. No? So that's our life and soul. So in this way, Mahaprabhu were go- was going to, through different devotes, and all of them were lamenting, and the news started to spread on some level. And they were lamenting mostly because of, we will never see him again, basically. Again, because Sanyas, especially in those times, is he starts to walk, who knows where, and who knows if we will see him again. So Mahaprabhu, when he realizes all my associates are totally heartbroken, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, light broken now. Uh, so because they think that I won't see them again, Mahaprabhu immediately thought, no, no, this won't happen like this. So he addressed each one of his associates. He tried to reassure them, telling, I mean, you are my eternal associate. I cannot live without you. Even though I'm a sannyasi for certain circumstances, external circumstances, internally, I'm totally purchased by you. I belong to you. Mm-hmm. So at this moment comes the Sachimata comes into this scene. No? Because he has spoken with different devotees, but now the, the biggest parts will come now, which is Sachi and Vishnu Priya. No? Then you have the most affected personalities by mm-hmm. Mahaprabhu Sanyasi. So let me show you some words of from Chaitanya Bhagavat that Vishnu Priya mentions. They are in a Spanish poetry here, so I'll try to do my best while translating them. <laughs> Don't accept poetry <laughs> and rhyme and all that. So Sachi that addresses her Nimai, because again, he, she's Sachi, she will never see Nimai as a Sri Chaitanya Deva Sanyasi or something like that. No? I remember once, not once, more than once, but and, and of course, I'm not comparing myself with, with this situation, but sometimes when I post something, share something on my Facebook, my, my mother comments there. And of course, sometimes he comments things, he, her Batsalia overflows her, and she would put, I love you, and I, and I had to clarify, she's my mother. <laughs> Just in case. Enter her profile, look the pictures, and you will see we are similar. She's almost 70 years. She's my mother. Just in case. Social media, you never know. 
But on, on other moments, she speaks in more like Aishwarik terms. And says, oh, Maharaj, obeisances. <laughs> and I said, like, no, no, you are. And other devotees say, like, they know her. I say, like, you are, her ma- you are his mother. You cannot speak like that. No? But also, if she says, I love you, it, can, it, it creates other problems. So, whatever the case. But my point here is, Sachi cannot, cannot conceive of, 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 of her child as Sri Krishna as a sannyasi. She has no, maternal eyes, but, but Salya lens, so that will be always there. No? As, as Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur gives the famous example. No? Like, if, 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 if the son of a mother becomes a president, and for the mother, the, the fact that his, her son is a president won't create distance. She will. He, she won't feel. Oh, now my son is president, <laughs> Mr. President. Good morning. <laughs> On the contrary, her her maternal love will like overflow. Oh, my beautiful baby! Now is the president. <laughs> how sweet! How how incredible is my baby? So her batsalia will grow instead of diminish. No? He gives that example regarding the Brajavasis. No, the Brajavasis love Krishna a certain way, and if someone tells them, "But Krishna is God," and they will say, "But just will say." Oh, my, my Lala, my, my, my child is God? How, how beautiful my child. <laughs> God is secondary for them. Uh, if you say to Sridam, Subal, your friend is God. Our friend is God. Wow, we had such an incredible friend. He's even God. But the idea of God is in the background. <laughs> Their Sakya is growing. And the same with every inhabitant. So that, that's the psychology of Braj. And of course, here we are in another upgraded, extended version of Braj, which is now. Here we have Jashoda appearing as Sachi, you know, so, so she will tell, when the news reached her ears, no, your baby will accept sannyas, <laughs> no, very tragically, she will address Mahaprabhu in the following way, she say, my dear son, please do not go, do not leave your mother, this sinner only survives because she can see you, how, how to live without seeing your lotus eyes, your beautiful moon-like face? your red lips and the pearl of your teeth, simil- similar to kunda flowers, how to survive without hearing your nectarian talk and charming speech. Ah, oh, I will no longer see you walk with your enchanting uh, uh, paso. Like a paste, taste? Yeah. Gate, gate, elephant gate. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Stay, stay here and remain happy. Do your Sankirtan at home with your followers like Advaita and Srivas, with your intimate companion Nityananda and with your three friends such as Gadadhar to preach the princip- religious principles you have descended by. How can religion imply leave one's mother? Hmm? You personify Dharma and although nevertheless you will leave your mother. How you will be able to stand in front of the world and preach to the world after doing so and that's such a thing. In this way, Sachi, affected by Prem, spoke. Vishwambar was hearing her, and because of love, his throat became choked. No? Sachi. So she was no longer able to continue speaking. But she says something else at the end. I was already abandoned by your elder brother, and your father went to Vaikuntha because of separation from him. All that I was able to tolerate because I was able to see you. But if you now disappear, without a doubt, I will die. All my life, all my beloved Goranga, 
Do not leave your widowed mother abandoned here. Take, uh, engage in your kirtan at home in the company of Nityananda and your bhaktas. I see your eyes full of love and your two long uh, arms and your sweet speech like nectar. If there is no lamp where I live, your effulgence is giving that light. How much elixir comes from your red feet? And this way Sachi cries and cries and falls to the ground. Hmm. So Mahaprabhu is trying to console his mother, you can imagine, trying to explain to her, Ma, actually I'm your son eternally, you are my eternal mother, life after life, hmm. and in the form of my name and in the form of the deity, I will, I will keep accompanying you in this lila. Because again, technically speaking, after sannyas, the sannyas is not expected to meet his mother again. So you can imagine. We will see that some other associate will, be will go with Mahaprabhu. Some others will visit him four months a year in Chaturmasya, visiting Puri. But some others will never see him again. Like, and those others mostly are Sachi and Vishnu Priya. That's why I say the two more affected ones. So Mahaprabhu is making the point, through the deity and, three, and my name, I will keep with accompanying you in this lila, which is an important point for us. There Mahaprabhu is fully present, accompanying us. So in this way, Mahaprabhu continued with his Sankirtan lila. Again, remember the devotees tell, told him, please remain with us some more days doing Sankirtan. So he agreed with that. And they entered, immersed themselves so much in the bliss of Sankirtan, that basically everyone forgot that Mahaprabhu was about to, to accept sannyas because the bliss of Sankirtan was such. So, but again, Mahaprabhu already had taken the decision, so it was just a matter of time. And casually, on those days, Keshava Bharati is visiting Navadvip. So Keshava Bharati, as we will see, will be the sannyas guru of Mahaprabhu. So he's coming to Navadvip on pilgrimage as a sannyasi. So Mahaprabhu is inviting him to his house, inviting him to honor Prasad. And, and Mahaprabhu says to Keshav Bharati, I have something to, to ask you. I need sannyas. I want to receive sannyas from you. And Keshav Bharati acknowledged Mahaprabhu's divinity. Say, you are Bhagavan himself, so whatever you want, that will happen. <laughs> No, so you will, we will do whatever you want. We are just puppets in your hands. Mm -hmm. So then after this, Keshav Bharati returned to, to the place he was staying, which was Katwa. Mm -hmm. And that's the place where Mahaprabhu will go and receive sannyas eventually. Not yet, but that will happen eventually. No? So to say that this Keshav Bharati, actually the parallel with Krishna Lila, remember, the parallel of Mahaprabhu's sannyas is Krishna's living Vrindavan. How did Krishna leave Vrindavan? He was carried by Akrura. So this Akrura appears as Kesha Bharati in Gorlila, taking Mahaprabhu out of Vrindavan, out of Navadri, which is basically Vrindavan. So we find these parallels in the identities of, of the members of the Lila and how their roles play out in, 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 in the different pastimes. So then Mahaprabhu goes again to Nityananda Prabhu and says, I already have uh, the date for my sannyas fix. That will be a Makara Sankranti. I will accept sannyas from Kesha Bharati in Katwa. So now the thing was much more concrete. I have the day, my sannyas guru, the place. So getting closer, the tragedy is getting closer and closer, basically. 
So he says to Nityananda, only five people can know about this. It's not that everyone knew about this. Of course, some intimate he already shared, but it's not that everyone, single person, was knowing about this. We say, Sachi, Gadhadar, Brahmananda, Chandrasekhar, and Mukunda. And we've we seen how he spoke with them, with Mukunda, with Gadhadar, with Nityananda, and so on. So Nityananda, of course, took care that the news were not that much spread till that moment. I need to say that Mahaprabhu organized a whole meeting with all his devotees and all the inhabitants of Navadvip who were following him the, the night before his leaving Navadvip. Without only those few people knew, next day Mahaprabhu will accept sannyas. The rest of Navadvip was just meeting him for the last time in Navadvip. And he started to instruct everyone in Navadvip to chant holy name, to chant Sri Harinam, and how to chant Sri Harinam, like Acharya Lila, we know Mahaprabhu is Krishna in his Acharya Lila, especially as a sannyas, teaching by example. In Braj, Krishna is, <laughs> is Acharya in another sense. No? We cannot follow his example literally in every single sense of the term. <laughs> uh, so he starts to interact with affection with every devotee. One of his devotees that comes at this moment again is Kolabech Sridhar. We spoke about him. Remember, he was the one who was selling banana leaves. And Mahaprabhu will go with him to, to his shop and always bargain with him and, and ask for the banana leaves and ask and I want to pay only half price for them. And when Kolavisidar didn't know what, sometimes Mahaprabhu will snatch the banana leaves without paying and just run. <laughs> and on this day, on this last day, the Mahaprabhu is about to leave. Kolavisidar brings like a pumpkin. A very nice pumpkin as an offering to Mahaprabhu. So Mahaprabhu says that in the words of Srila Siddhar Maharaj and says, ah, after I have s- s- taken all from you during all these years, on this day you are bringing me with this, I cannot resist. And he gave that to Sachin and said, please prepare some sweet rice with this pumpkin. So Mahaprabhu honored that with his devotees. So finally comes the day of, of, of his leaving, basically. No? So the night continues and the next day in the morning when Mahaprabhu is about to part to go from Navadip to Katwa, it is say again, Sachi already knew about this. So she knew this is the day my Nima is leaving. So Mahaprabhu in the morning, very early in the morning he leaves the house and she finds Sachi on the on the outside of the house, on the door. No? And she was he, she had been crying the whole night standing there, waiting for him to pass. All night, way awoke and crying and crying. So Mahaprabhu addresses her and tries to console her and express his love and gratitude and reassuring her, nothing will be missing from you. I will visit you daily, as we will see. She's coming every day to eat the offerings that Sachi will make for Mahaprabhu and, and the place will be empty and Sachi will think I'm going crazy. Maybe I, ne- I never cooked anything. I offered the deity an empty plate. And Nimai will send devoted from Puri to confirm to Sachi, I ate that sack, sack that day, I ate that rice, that it was great, no? like this. Mm-hmm. So Mahaprabhu tries to console his mother, but the, from Sachi only tears are coming. She's like a figure of stone. She cannot move, she cannot speak, stamba, totally paralyzed. Mm-hmm. So eventually Mahaprabhu continues his journey towards Katwa. And when the day comes, and all the devotees during the, in the morning generally... Mahaprabhu's devotees will go to his house to, to see him, to awake him up and, and sure. And they go and they find this unique scene this moment. They find Sachi still standing on the door 
and crying and crying and crying and crying. Mm-hmm. So eventually they, they ask him, what, what's going on? Why are you here? Why are you crying? And Sajjah say basically, you can enter the house and you can take all of the possessions of my Nimai. Take, take whatever you want. I, I, I will leave my Navadip. I cannot live here any longer. And in this way, everyone eventually got to know Nimai left Navadip and he's about to take sannyas. And he's on his way to Katwa. So it is said that at that moment, all the different associates, one started to cry and fall on the ground and faint. Another, in desperation, started to run towards Katwa, you know, trying to stop him from doing such a mad thing as accepting sannyas, basically. <laughs> so basically, the, the news started to spread, and the whole Navadip knew, our Nimai is about to accept sannyas, our Nimai. So all Nadia was... Uh, aware of this at one point and all of them were lamenting more and more and more crying deeply like so <clears throat> so that on one side in connection to Sachi and again we have another character who who may be the most affected by all this who is Vishnu Priya Devi so in the same way that practically in, in any in, in any of the biographies of Mahaprabhu we will find a description of Mahaprabhu's leaving this world you won't find that basically in the same way, practically nowhere you will find a description of the, in, in, how to say, unbearable pain that Vishnu Priya Devi had to go through and how she experienced this with Nimai. Mm-hmm. So, but there is a mention, brief mention by Lord Chandas Thakur in his Chaitanya Mangal, in that connection, about how this happened. Mm-hmm. So, but he only to a point mentions that. He himself says, I cannot describe this in detail. This is too painful. For me, no. so I, it is too much. I will just briefly mention that. So the idea, of course, it's, it's that Vishnu Priya Devi hears that Mahaprabhu is about to accept sannyas a few days before he's about to leave, and she approaches Mahaprabhu and says, "Is this true? No, this rumor has reached my ears." And Mahaprabhu said, "Yes, I will accept sannyas." So you can imagine, <laughs> Vishnu Priya was a young girl, basically, no. And, uh, and and she started to cry, of course, immediately. I try to imagine that idea. Out of the blue, your husband say, "I accept sannyas." No, and you are like sixteen years old or something. No? <laughs> so she tried to console her, and she said, "Like, I mean, I am the most fortunate woman in the universe by having you as my husband, and now you are leaving me, which implies I am the most fortunate woman because of you, but because of." Not having you, I will turn into the most unfortunate woman in the universe. Mm-hmm. And what will happen with Sachi? Immediately she starts to think beyond herself. What will happen with Sachi Ma? I mean, you live. You are the man of the house, if you will, traditionally. So I'm, I'm just almost a girl. What will happen with your mother? And so, so Vishnu Priya suggests, you can stay here at home and do your bhajan, do your kirtan, as Sachi suggested also. And I will, I will support you. I will serve you in whatever you need. No need for you to leave. If there is something we, we have to do. Hmm? Or another option, if you don't want that. Okay, you accept sannyas, but I will commit suicide. No, you say, it's too much for me. I cannot deal with, with that. Hmm? But whatever the case, you stay with your mother. That, that was his main point. If you want, stay at home and we will serve you. If you don't want to stay at home... Somehow stay with your mother, but I cannot deal with this more. 
anymore. Hmm? And Mahaprabhu says, no, you cannot do any of those things. <laughs> None of those things will happen. I will accept sannyas and you will stay with Sachi at home. You have to support, serve and console her. No, basically. So Vishnupriya insists, please do not accept sannyas. Please do not accept sannyas. Cry. And then Mahaprabhu starts to cry. Profusely. Crying, crying, crying. And it is said that Mahaprabhu starts to cry for us at that point. Because he knows, I have to accept sannyas in order to people take me seriously and make my yuga dharma successful in this world and I can save all these jivas. By not accepting sannyas, I won't be able to do that. So Mahaprabhu starts to cry by, for compassion for all the conditioned living beings of the universe. By thinking, I won't be able to accept sannyas, I won't be able to deliver. He started to cry from that side. And when Vishnu Priya realized why he was crying, she started to cry from that side now. And she felt, I cannot interfere with his desire. I cannot be an obstacle for, for that to happen. So the two of them were crying and looking at each other. <laughs> what to so Mahaprabhu embraced Vishnu Priya and said, You know what? My beloved, in this Leela, we all have to cry. This is the nature of this Leela. I will take sannyas, and you will be crying all Leela for me in separation. And I will accept sannyas, and I will be crying all day, as we know what Mahaprabhu did mostly as a sannyas was crying. So the nature of this Leela, everyone, all of us will have to cry. Like implying what to do. We cannot interfere the nature of the Leela. We are to contribute to that. So it is said that from that moment on, as you will know, Vishnupriya, of course, accepted that, and eventually she continued at home worshipping Mahaprabhu in the form of a very unique deity called Dhameshwar Mahaprabhu, and I'm following a very strict sadhana while worshipping Dhameshwar and just chanting the names, and by each chanting she will put a grain of rice, and at, at the end of her number of rounds she will cook that rice, and that's the only thing she will eat, and so on. A very... High, high example venerable for us. So in this way, Mahaprabhu's sannyas is getting closer and closer. Uh, two verses come to my mind, very beautiful verses. We, we cannot explore them in detail now, but at least let me mention them. Two verses from the Bhagavatam, 11th canto, which generally are ascribed to Ramachandra. But our commentators, Bhishmanachakvarti Thakur and others, also connected them with Mahaprabhu, because there are some parallels. So one of them said, uh, My Guru Maharaj likes these verses a lot. Say, Deyam sada paribhav gyanavishtadoham, tirthashpadam shivabirinti nutam sharanyam, brityartiham pranatapala bhavabdiputam, bandi mahapurushati charanaravindam. And the second one says, Tyaktvāsudhustyajasurepsiturājalakshmim dharmistāryabhacasājatagatdaranyam mayamrigam daitarepsitambadāvat bandhi mahāpurusati charanāravindam bandhi mahāpurusati charanāravindam So these two verses conclude with the line, bandhi mahāpurusati charanāravindam I offer my pranam to the great personality Mahapurush or Mahaprabhu, to the lotus feet of that personality, whom, and the verses describe no? those feet and the qualities of those feet. So the very first verse says, 
Deyam sada paribab gyana bishtadoham. To him, on whom, one who meditates on those feats is immediately freed from all uh, contamination, basically. Those feet are worshipped by Shiva, by Brahma, by great personalities. They are worthy of surrendering to them. Uh, in brief, and, and, those, and those feet are the, the, the proper vehicle to cross the unsurmountable ocean of birth and death. So that's the beginning introductory pranam in the first verse. And the second verse gets more specific, says... That personality renounced the most great Raja Lakshmin, or great divine queen, who was even hunkered by the demigods. So one can understand that as Ramachandra getting detached from Sita when he sent her to the forest and so on. But our Acharyas compared that with Mahaprabhu accepting sannyas and leaving Vishnu Priya. Uh, by, the, by the curse of one Brahman, he had to go to the forest. So also in Ram, Ram Lila, there is a curse of a Brahman. There's always Brahmanas cursing in the Lila. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Ram, Ram Chandra had to go to the, for exile to the forest, as we know, more than a decade. And here we have also seen how a Brahmin cursed Mahaprabhu to go to the forest. Forest means accept sannyas, basically. That's, that's the notion of, of the forest. And of course, our ultimate forest is Brindavan. No? So that's the ultimate purpose of sannyas. That's the forest we want to go. And also, he was chasing, in one, in one sense, it could be said as the golden deer. And this is the past time when Sita asked Ram, please go behind that golden deer, and she's kidnapped by Ravan. But also the Sanskrit in that section lends itself to be interpreted that he was chasing all those people who were affected by Maya and totally like illusion. Like the sannyas of Mahaprabhu was as we saw to chase after us, basically. That's the conclusion. We are totally like delusional under the influence of Maya and Mahaprabhu accepts sannyas to bring us back to our senses, if you will. And of course, the conclusion is Mamdi Mahapurushati Charanara. Therefore, I offer my pranam to the Lord's feet of such a great Mahapurush Mahaprabhu Ki Jai. Yeah. So, just brief mention of these verses, but very nice to study them in detail with their commentaries. And they are quite connected with Mahaprabhu's sannyas, as we can see. So, leaving Sachi and Vishnupriya behind, <laughs> in one way, Mahaprabhu goes towards Katwa. He crosses the river, the Ganga and dreams, like totally determined, and basically reaches Katwa. And of course, many other people reached there because, again, the news were spread. So they were there, all of them were there almost except for Satya and Vishnupriya, as we mentioned. Mm-hmm. So Mahaprabhu approaches Kesha Bharati and requests from him, please give me sannyas. <laughs> so Kesha Bharati, as part of the Lila, said, but you are too young. No. Remember, he was 24 years at this point, 24, 25 there. So I mean, generally, if you are married, you are if you are if you are supposed to accept sannyas, that will happen when you are I don't know, at least 50 years, generally a little bit more even. But he was 24. <laughs> no, so Kesha Bharti said, you have a family, you have a widow mother, you have a very young wife, and you are 24. I first have to ask them 
for their opinion, blessings, and permission before giving sannyas to you. So please, you obtain their permission and return. So it is said that when Mahaprabhu heard that, immediately started to run to Navadvip. Like, like, like totally determined, getting the permission and returning. So when Kesha Bharati saw the way in which Mahaprabhu just ran, he, he felt... This young boy, is such a, he has such a personality that he can obtain whatever he wants. So no need for him to go to Navadvip. He will obtain their permission. So he called him back. <laughs> no, come, come, come. <laughs> so at this point, no, everything was started to prepare for the ceremony and so on. But many people had arrived knowing Nimai Pandit will accept sannyas. That was a big, tumultuous situation. And again, many of them were not agreeing with the idea. Most of them were opposing to such a thing. You know, how such a beautiful young boy will accept sannyas, leave his family, leave us in Navadvip. So many of you start to create like agitation. You know? Even some of them started to threaten, we will burn the ashram of Kesha Bharat if he gives him sannyas. Now, this type of you know, intense <laughs> dynamics. And in, in the midst of such like a tension and intense climate, Mahaprabhu starts a Sankirtan. So he starts to sing and dance and roll on the ground and cry and everyone starts to join. And supposedly that was the day of sannyasi, but the whole day passed in Sankirtan. <laughs> so there was no like final decision. And the whole Kirtan and Harika attack extended whole day, whole night till the next day. So we go to the next day <laughs> where all the rituals were started to be organized for the ceremony of sannyasi. Chandra Sekhar Acharya was doing the ceremony, the ritual. So then we reach the, like the tragic scene of Mahaprabhu's head being, hair being shaven. Uh, that's described in, in Shastra as like one of the most shocking moments for, for most. No, his most beautiful curly locks of hair being just like shaven and he becoming beautiful in another way. It's not that he was shaven and oh, Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it was totally beautiful, but from another perspective, basically. No? My Guru Maharaj shares always the idea of when once he went to India some years back, like more than two decades, with one of his disciples, who, was, uh, who is a lady, and at that time she was monastic, and she was wearing saffron, and she was shaven, which was not classical for ladies, but she was doing that. And, and, and he mentioned that, yeah, in, in India, many people was like, huh? and some of them approached them and were really like charmed by seeing a shaven lady. No, he was making this point. Of course, he's not saying every lady has to be shaven, but like implying there is another type of beauty in, in that. If you are doing that from a proper place, and no? so Mahaprabhu was doing that from a proper place, there was a certain beauty in that detachment, if you will, of the most beautiful hair you can imagine. That was, that was real detachment. He had the most beautiful hair you can imagine. So it is said that the, the barber, you call the barber, mm -hmm. yeah. was there. His name was Madhu. So he had the service of, I mean, he had to be the Judas of the leader or something. <laughs> Someone had to do that. So, but he was, they, they gave him the razor, you say, razor. But he was like not, he was trembling. Uh, he, he, he was not like feeling like I cannot approach that and what to speak of doing that. I mean, 
such a beautiful boy, such a beautiful hair, everything is in place perfectly, and I will shave that. It's like I will kill that beautiful picture. No, I cannot do that. And all the multitude is crying and screaming and shouting and want to burn the ashram, so that tension is going on. So some of them were not, and, and, but somehow he started to shave Mahaprabhu, no, gradually. He, he couldn't do that quickly because he, it was traumatic for even for himself. So he was shaving one part, and he would like drop the, the razor and start to cry and tremble and look, uh, and everyone will get even more crazy. Some of them, it is say, were not even to contemplate this scene when Mahaprabhu was being shaven, and they start running and leaving the place. Some other went crazy at that moment, they say. No? And at that moment, Mahaprabhu started another intense kirtan, in between being half-shaven. <laughs> and he started to roar and sing and dance, so the shaving chapter was in pause for a minute, <laughs> for a good time. So eventually, at the end of the night, again, the shaving continued. <laughs> so try to imagine the dynamics, you know? With someone like Mahaprabhu, you, don't, you never know what will happen next, no? So finally, at the end, this Madhu, the barber, ended the shaving of Mahaprabhu. And again, he was beautiful, but from an, but the barber was totally traumatized. He said that after shaving Mahaprabhu, he said, I cannot shave anyone else in my life any longer. So he changed his his work and he became a, a sweet seller. No? He couldn't no longer think about shaving anyone else, basically. So after the shaving came the, the moment of sannyas, no? the conferring of the mantra and the name and the order and so on. So interestingly, in this connection, we know that Kesha Bharati, the sannyas guru of Sri Chaitanya, was coming from the Sankara Sampradaya, was coming from a lineage of Advaita Vedanta, which basically diametrically opposes our conclusions, interestingly. So we, we could add that on top no, to the idea of, okay, Mahaprabhu Sanyas was a preaching strategy, but receiving that order from that lineage was even a, a bigger preaching strategy, because at that time, the sannyasis coming from that lineage were especially like prestigious and respected. So he used that external thing to form to take the attention of the public. But of course some people will criticize Mahaprabhu saying, so he accepted sannyas from a, an impersonalist. So he, he was an impersonalist. He received that connection. But it is mentioned that before Mahaprabhu received the mantra, this is mentioned by Murari Gupta in his first biography of Mahaprabhu, before Mahaprabhu received the mantra from Kesha Bharati earlier that day, he went to Kesha Bharati in private and said, Gurudev, I've had a dream. And in that dream you came to me and you gave me the mantra. Gave me a mantra, the sannyas mantra. In a dream, all that, before officially receiving that. So this is the mantra you, this is the mantra you gave me? He said, he said, Tattvam Asi which is one of the Mahabhakyas, or great, like, uh, how do you say in English? Like, en enunciates, like statements of the Sankara Sampradaya. Tattvamasi means, you are that. Which generally, the followers of Sankara mean, tend to interpret like, you are that. That is Brahman, so you are Brahman. Which of course, on one level, I mean, you can very easily feel, that's contradictory, how you can be that. If you are you, you are you, and that is that. <laughs> How can you be that? But, but that's another, we won't analyze this whole mantra now. Sila Jiva Goswami does that job in his Sandarbhas, many, many pages. 
But basically, another possibility of Tattvamasi is you are His. So you, the Jiva, are His, mm. belong to Krishna. So that's how Mahaprabhu interpreted the mantra. So when, when he asked Kesha Bharati, we could say that in the Lila Kesha Bharati was a Maya body till that moment. <laughs> but when Mahaprabhu said, You gave me this mantra, Tatwamasi, in the dream. Is this correct? Is this the mantra you are going to give me now? <laughs> but when Mahaprabhu told Kesha Bharati, Tatwamasi, he pronounced the mantra with his devotional conception of the mantra. And immediately, actually, Kesha Bharati was initiated by Mahaprabhu first. <laughs> In the, conce- in the devotional conception of the mantra. And Kishabharti received the Tatuamasi from Mahaprabhu. I said, yes, that's, that's the mantra I will give you. But he was now receiving the new conception of that mantra. So that will be the new conception he will give to Mahaprabhu, you know, the devotional Tatuamasi. So that, you follow the idea, no? So before Keshavarti giving the mantra, Mahaprabhu gave the mantra to him. So he initiated Keshavarti first, <laughs> in that sense, into the devotional conception. Mm-hmm. So, so again, Keshavarti is first converted by Mahaprabhu to the Gaudiya conception, and then he gives the mantra to Mahaprabhu. So he's not following Mahaprabhu any Advaita Vedanta lineage or something. So, again, in the, in the ceremony, okay, the mantra is given, Keshavarti gives this mantra, which is it's not the mantra that nowadays sannyasis receive. There is a, it's a different mantra, but the conception is the same. And now comes the moment of giving a name to the, to the sannyasi. Generally, you know, when someone accepts sannyas, there is a change in the name of, of, of the person. So Keshavarti thought, about which name can I give to this sannyas? Generally, the names given somehow are connected with the person with the personality of the person. Some part of the name has to do with what the person is about. And Keshavarti, again, strictly speaking, technically speaking, came from this Advaita Vedanta lineage, where there are ten main names that they will give. And there are different lineages, like Saraswati, like Bharati, his lineage, and so on. So he was Keshavarti. So generally in his lineage, all the sannyasis will receive the name Bharati and something else. Hmm? So it was expected he may give the name of Maha, to Mahaprabhu of something Bharati. But we know that he didn't give that name because he thought, what name can I give to him? And he gave a very unique name, which is Sri Krishna Chaitanya. Hmm? Sri Krishna Chaitanya. Hmm? So, of course, Sri Krishna Chaitanya, what does it mean? What's the meaning of Krishna Chaitanya? Krishna consciousness. No? Chaitanya means consciousness. Krishna means Krishna. So Krishna consciousness. Because Mahaprabhu was giving Krishna consciousness to everyone. And also if you want to take the name Krishna Chaitanya about regarding being Krishna conscious, who is the most Krishna conscious person? Sri Radha. And that's what Mahaprabhu is about internally. So the name can be connected to the internal reason for Mahaprabhu's descent and the external reason, are also the, the internal reason for Mahaprabhu's sannyas and the external reason. We have to get there. Give me some, bear with me some more time. The last talk today, so we have to have time. <laughs> but we will speak about how Mahaprabhu's sannyas has an in, external reason and an internal reason also. The external reason, again, is connected with, I want to deliver the world. It doesn't sound external, it sounds pretty deep. <laughs> But that's still connected with the external reason of his descent. Remember, in the first class we mentioned 
there's an antakarana and bahir karana. No external reason for Mahaprabhu coming, establishing the Yuga Dharma. Internal reason, in brief words, tasting Radha Bhav. So his sannyas will be connected with these two reasons as well, simultaneously. So <clears throat> Mahaprabhu is initiated with that name, Sri Krishna Chaitanya. Well, again, it's totally unusual for a sannyasi, but he was a very unique sannyasi as well. So when he gives Krishna the name, everyone starts to repeat, Krishna Chaitanya, Sri Krishna Chaitanya. There is even one associate that it is said that after hearing the name, he no longer could say anything else but Krishna Chaitanya, Krishna Chaitanya. He became like mad repeating Krishna Chaitanya. He was known eventually as Chaitanya Das, because he could only repeat that name. <laughs> and then Krishna Bharati gave Mahaprabhu the Danda. But interestingly, he gave the Ekadandas, the Ekadanda which is the danda that they give in the Sankar Sampradaya. So externally the form remained as Sankar Sampradaya, the cloth and the danda, but the internal substance was totally devotional. So he gave Mahaprabhu the Eka Danda, which is one stick. No? Gaudiya Sannyasis now with this received three danda, which, which actually is called three danda, but there are four sticks, but which implies mind, body and words. And there's one fourth danda, which is the Jiva Danda, which represents the notion of permanent individuality for the jiva, not like at some point I realize that I'm Brahman, because ekadanda means that everything is eka, one, everything is Brahman. But Gaudiya says, well, no, there's a jiva danda. The jiva remains forever, <laughs> and by with by uh, mind, body, and words will serve Bhagavan. So when Mahaprabhu receives this ekadanda, he starts to chant another ver a verse from the Bhagavatam. <clears throat> well-known verse the general is given to sannyasis tamsastaya paratmanishtam adhyasitam purvatam airmaharishi biyam tarishami durantabharam tamamokundangri nisheva jaiva which basically again no time for explaining the verse in detail but it basically speaks I will accept I will accept the service of Mahaprabhu this verse is recited by a sannyasi in the Bhagavatam in another section and it says I will cross the unsurmountable ocean of birth and death by being firmly situated in the boat of the service to Sri Mukunda. So basically it's a mantra pronounced by a sannyasi in the Bhagavatam which presents the idea of devotional renunciation because it speaks about Mukunda Sivaya. So Mahaprabhu is reciting that mantra with his Ekadanda in hand, like implying what's the meaning of him, for him, about sannyas. It's not about Brahman but Mukunda Seva. And as we know later, we share the other time, Nityananda will take that Ekadanda, will say one, two, three. <laughs> no? He will break the Danda in three parts, like showing that's, that's the type of Danda you actually receive, not, not this nonsense Ekadanda. But <laughs> externally, he kept that for a time at least. No? So all of them start to glorify Mahaprabhu, Sri Krishna Chaitanya, and as you may imagine, Mahaprabhu begins a new kirtan. As a sannyasi, his first kirtan and Sri Krishna Chaitanya, and he starts to dance with his guru Kesha Bharati, and the two of them ecstatically join in sankirtan. So that's a clear proof he was converted. And and they take the two. They have the dandas on one hand, the kamandalu on the other hand. Kamandalu is like water pot, but in the ecstasy of sankirtan, they throw that in the air and start to embrace each other and dance and roll to the ground and so on. So again, as we always mention, on one level, sannyas can be seen as something very cruel, like he's leaving everyone and everything, why? But at the same time, as we mentioned, it's something totally necessary to, to, to take all of us 
to our home, basically. No? He's traveling, he's preaching, he's enlightening souls, he's teaching by example, and so on. So the Sanyas Lila and Mahaprabhu being in separation in Puri, as we already spoke in the previous series, all this separation chapter is, is, a, is a section we have to go through for eventually entering into the eternal union of Navadvip. So Mahaprabhu's Lila begins in Navadvip, then goes to Puri. One minute. I, I wanted just to I say sneeze, but it didn't happen. So, to Mahaprabhu Lila starts in Navadvip, then goes to Puri. In Puri, as a sannyasi, he teaches by example, but all his example in Puri and Gambira is teaching us how to enter Navadvip again forever, basically, because that's where we want to go. Hmm? So, his sannyasi said, Naimitika Lila is a temporary Lila, but at the same time, it's totally worshipable by us. It's not like, oh, no, his sannyas is lower. In our situation, that's even more important. That's why Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami in Chaitanya Charitamrita, the, I mean, the bigger part of the book is the Madhya Lila. He has three divisions, Adi, Madhya, Antya, Lila. The Madhya Lila is almost the double of the other parts. And what's the Madhya Lila? Mahaprabhu sannyas and preaching and, and instructing. The other parts are relatively short because he feels this is so important for us to, to go through. So this sannyas lila of Mahaprabhu is as an Aishwarya lila, basically. No? Knowledge, renunciation, detachment from the world. It's not like he's our tomboy in Navadvip and an intimacy and affection, but his sannyas means like, oh, there comes Maharaj. <laughs> not like with fear, but create, creates this situation because, again, that's the idea of sannyas, creating that situation so people will pay attention to Oh, to that person. Mm. So, it is, it is not possible for us to approach Mahaprabhu fully in that mood for eternity. That's why, as I mentioned back to you, Thakur prays, when Nimai will abandon his sannyas no? and will return to Nadia and, and execute his sankirtan in the house of Srivas Pandit. Like implying, there is the full intimacy. But in order for us to reach that intimacy and to properly appreciate that, first we have to go through the Aishwarya. In order to reach the Madhurya or the intimacy of Mahaprabhu in Navadvip, where he's eternally as Nimai there, we have to understand and go through the Aishwarya of Mahaprabhu. His example, his teachings, his detachment, his mood of separation, all the things we learn, we have to go through if we want to join him in, in Sriva Sangam eternally. Hmm? So similarly, sometimes Krishna and Vrindavan will show some Aishwarya when killing a demon, if you will. Hmm? Similarly, Mahaprabhu is, as a sannyasi, is exhibiting Aishwarya, killing demonic mentality. He's not killing, per se, people cutting heads with Sudarshan in hand. He almost does that with Madai, as we mentioned, <laughs> but he didn't. But he's killing the Anartas. Hmm? And, and the sannyasi has to do with that. Even the sannyas, the danda has something called the prasa, which is something at the top like this, which is kind of like an axe. It has to do like for cutting the nartas of of through through one's example and, and precepts, starting from oneself for sure. No? Sannyas is not just about you have to change all the things. You are in Maya. You have this anarta. All those things first you have to tell that to yourself. <laughs> and as much as you walk the talk, you can say something to others. No? So I would like to conclude. <clears throat> um, so we have spoken about Mahaprabhu's sannyas from the perspective of um, 
mostly of the external reason for his descent. Again, disseminate Yuga Dharma, save people, but also there is an internal reason for his sannyas, which is linked to his, the internal reason for his descent. Because remember, when we speak about Yuga Dharma, and Mahaprabhu spreading the holy name, actually that's like the consequence of his tasting Radhabhav. Mahaprabhu is tasting, first purpose for his descent is tasting, tasting Radhabhav. He's living that experience, and that experience starts to overflow him, and that becomes what he's sharing with others. Mm. You follow? Mm. Mm. So my point is, Sanyas of Mahaprabhu is connected with that Yuga Dharma, but since Yuga Dharma is a consequence of Mahaprabhu's tasting of Radhabhav, then sannyas of Mahaprabhu must be connected with Mahaprabhu's tasting of Radhabhav also. Because his Yuga Dharma is a byproduct of his tasting of Radhabhav. Do you follow my point? No. <laughs> yeah. Mahaprabhu is doing prachar, as we always speak, but he's doing achar. Now he's having his own personal discipline, internal tasting of Radhabhav. That's how my Guru Maharaj describes Prachar. Now he said, some people say, what's preaching? Preaching means that you practice in such a way that your practice starts to fill you so much that starts to overflow and starts to sprinkle others. And others become affected by that sprinkling. That's preaching. It's not just, I do not practice, I'm not too serious with myself, but I sit and I tell people what to do. That's pre preaching. No, that's not preaching. That's not changing any hearts. That's not creating trans inner transformation. First, you have to be transformed yourself. And the more you are transformed, that will become apparent to others. If you are really a person who is going through constant inner transformation, try to imagine you are close with that person. You start to become like, transform yourself, basically. Because that inner transformation is overflowing and affecting others. So, so that's how Mahaprabhu is... As we mentioned, del delivering others. Sometimes he's not even speaking. He's just in silence with Sarvabhama Bhattacharya for seven days and he's converting him through his example only sitting there. <laughs> so that's an important point when we speak about preaching and so on. No? To understand, preaching is not just I, I, I learn what to say and I have the discourse and everyone should agree and if not, they are in Maya. It's not my fault. <laughs> no. I have to practice myself in such a way that preaching is just a natural consequence of people getting in touch with the fruit of my practice, basically, the fruit of my transformation. If I'm not transformed, I cannot expect all of you to be transformed. That would be hypocrisy. No. You should be transformed in this, and immediately the boomerang returns. And how about you? How about, how about, how about you, basically? No? So, so, again, this is in connection with Mahaprabhu. Sannyasif Mahaprabhu is in connection with Yuga Dharma. Yuga Dharma is in connection with Mahaprabhu's internal experience, so therefore Mahaprabhu's sannyas has to be connected also with his experience of Radha Bhav. So let's share some words about how Mahaprabhu's sannyas is connected with his tasting of Radha Bhav. Because again, there's this an internal side to Mahaprabhu's sannyas, an internal side to Gaudiya sannyas in itself. No? On ex externally, preaching a strategy, some relative adjustment for the society and times, and take attention of the public, blah, blah, blah. But that's relative. No? In some time and places, that may not be necessary as any preaching strategy. But the internal reason, that's another thing. So to begin with, 
this will take some minutes, so your, I beg your patience, please. There's one nice asaka written by Narahari, Sark, uh, Narahari Chakravarti Thakur, uh, which he refers to Mahaprabhu very nicely. He offers pranam to Sri Chaitanya Dev, calling him or asking him, who is Mahaprabhu? And he said, he is Lampata Guru. So that's a very unique form of addressing him. Lampata means, in this case, cheater. So he's the guru of all cheaters. He said, there are many lakhs, many, many cheaters, but he's the guru of all of them. <laughs> now, like, in which sense? Now he accepted sannyas. Like, like we know who he is now, in Krishna, in Vrindavan. Now, this playboy of Vrindavan, he's like a monk. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's one way of saying he's a cheater, he's a liar, he's a thief. But that's another connection. So, he accepted sannyas and his clothes are kumkum nichitam. No, the, the color of his clothes is like kumkum nichitam. Kumkum is the... How, there's a word for that in English? Turmeric. No. No, no. no, turmeric is like yellow. Kumkum is like red. Whatever. It's like some powder that the gopis... With, well, with whom the gopis decorate their breast, their chest, basically. So, and, and that color, similar color to that, is the color of Mahaprabhu's sannyas. Cloth. So that will be... Actually, that red color is in connection with anurag. No, in, in Sanskrit, the word for, for red is, one of them is raga. Raga also means passion or attachment. So anurag means passionate love. So that's what the gopis have for Krishna. That's why they decorate their hearts with, with kumkum, with color red, because their hearts are burning with a passionate desire for pleasing and serving Krishna. Especially Radha's heart. <laughs> no, it's decorated with that color, and that's the color that Mahaprabhu is choosing for dressing himself. Actually, technically, the color is more red. Sanya's cloth is not red, it's saffron. But when you have red kumkum and you dilute it with something, it may become more saffron like. So the connection here is Gopis and Radha in particular has this kumkum on their hearts. But in the ecstasy of love and separation, in particular from Krishna, torrents of tears are falling from her eyes, um, falling on the kumkum, and that kumkum is no longer red, but becomes diluted and attains this saffron color. So that mood of Sri Radha's love, passionate love, kumkum, in anurag, in separation from Krishna, that's the specific mood that Mahaprabhu will imbibe as a sannyasi. He will be Krishna in the mood of Radha, in separation from Krishna mostly, as we see in Jagannath Puri. So that's the color, as we mentioned, each color represents, each emotion is represented by a color. So this particular color has to do with that, with, with Sri Radha's love for Krishna in, se in separation. So that's a, that starts to speak about what Mahaprabhu's inner reason for his sannyas is, is about, basically. Hmm. So again, this is what, this kumkum is in Radha's heart, and whatever is in Radha's heart, Mahaprabhu is trying to hmm, to glorify that, basically. And Krishna is trying to serve that, of course. Krishna is uh, taking Radha's feet to his own chest, basically, also. No? Also, the, the, the foot soles of Radha are red, red-colored. No? It has, la, la, I don't know how it's in English, lak. Alta, they say in India, the, mm -hmm. the type of substance, whatever. In, in English, I think they say lak. Mm. But this 
like red paste that is on the and Krishna tries to take Radha's feet and put them on his own head or his own heart famous line of Gita Govinda Dehi Pada Palabam Mudaram when Jayadev writes Krishna is asking Sirada, please bless me by putting your lotus feet on my the petals of your lotus feet on my head basically no? And that's the most complete Krishna we worship, says Prabhupada Saraswati in Radharasa Sudanidi. Asa Gana Mohana Murti Vichitra Kili Mahotsabola Sitam Radhacharanabiloditam Miruchirasikandam Harimbande. The most condensed form of Krishna about Rasa is that form of Krishna which is falling on the ground and taking Sirada's feet on his head. I remember once Bhaktiswarup Sridhar Maharaj told. That's the God, that's the Krishna we worship. The Krishna is with his head on the ground and with rather feet on his head. That's the most complete in rasa form of Krishna. Mm. So basically, in other words, this Mahaprabhu is Krishna covering himself with the anurag of Sri Radha, which is represented by this color. No? Red, kumkum and saffron mixed with the tears. So again, all this is in connection with Mahaprabhu's inner desire for descending. Mm. Because again, in separation... Mahaprabhu is entering into Radhabhav, Vipralamba Lila. That's why Mahaprabhu is going to Puri. Puri is known as Vipralamba Kshetra, which is like the field for culturing separation. Hmm? So again, when Radha's kumkum becomes mixed with her tears, that becomes saffron color, and that's why we go sannyasis wear this cloth, because that represents the cloth of Mahaprabhu's bhav in, in Puri, basically, as a sannyasi. Hmm? So, also... Mahaprabhu accepts sannyas because why? As Krishna in Vrindavan, he's witnessing the degree of renunciation of the gopis. I mean, the gopis are leaving everything for him, as we know. Especially the gopis. Because the love of the gopis is of such nature, they have parakia. Parakia means uh, extramarital illegal affairs. <laughs> so, for in order for them to love Krishna, they have to transgress everything that you can imagine. And they have to leave everything behind. Which is not the fact for other relationships. For example, Yashoda loves Krishna in Batsalya. She doesn't have to leave Nanda Maharaj for, leaving, for loving Krishna. You follow? Sudam Sridam love Krishna in Sakyabab. They do not have to leave other friends to love Krishna in Sakyabab. But the gopis have to leave everything and everyone. <laughs> so their parakia can be expressed, basically. Hmm? So the gopis renounce to so many things. There are so many verses saying that. The famous one comes to mind is the one pronounced by Uddhava. He says, Asammaho charanarinu jasammahamsham vrindavane kimapikulmalato shadinam jadustya jam sajanam aryapatam chahitva vijyurmukunda padavim shrutivir bimrigim. Where he's praying to be born as a bush in, bush in Vrindavan, some bird there to be blessed by the dust of the feet of the gopis. But he's saying that the gopis there renounce to everything that is so difficult to renounce. Even for sannyasis sometimes it's difficult to renounce There's certain things. But the gopis immediately, without a thought, just flute call, <laughs> right after that. No consideration. Oh, my house, my reputation, the village, family. There was not those, that type of filter. It was just straight to the point. So Krishna felt, okay, my gopis, my Radha in particular, in, in Braja Lila, they have renounced to everything to that point for me. And Krishna in the Bhagavatam is saying, I cannot reciprocate in kind. I cannot renounce 
you are leaving everything and everyone for me. And Krishna said, I cannot do the same because I have so many devotees. I'm God. <laughs> so, so many people is worshipping me. I have friends, I have cows, I have parents, I have this. I have other forms in Vaikuntha and I have... The, and I have so many devotees and I have to reciprocate with them. But you only have me. You are only living for me and giving everything for me. Leaving everything behind. But I cannot reciprocate in the same way. So that's when Krishna finds himself like, I'm in debt. I'm indebted to you. Your love is defeating me. It's overwhelming me. So Krishna, in some way, say, okay, you have renounced to so much in Brajalila, leaving everything behind for me. That now, as Mahaprabhu, I will accept sannyas and leave everything and everyone in Naudiv for you. Mm. No? Now Krishna is saying that to Radha in particular, who personifies, of course, all the gopis. No? Radha left everything for me. Now, as a sannyasi in the mood of Radha, I will everyone and everything for her. No? In pursuing her bhav, basically. In trying to be empathic with their experience, basically. And, and trying to somehow pay my debt of love to them. Somehow, trying to, to, to try it, at least, as we know. Because for Krishna's, I have to pay my debt, but I don't know how much the debt is, even. I don't have the number, because there is no number, it's unlimited. So how can I pay a debt that I don't know how much, but I have to, do, I cannot, nonetheless, remain like, okay, I don't know, so I won't do anything. <laughs> I have to do something. So Mahaprabhu is that. He's trying to do something to pay an eternal debt. And since the debt is eternal, Gorlila is eternal. Because Gorlila is Krishna eternally trying to continue paying. <laughs> and he's never finishing. But he continues trying his best. <laughs> so, so in this way Mahaprabhu is trying to give up. As Krishna's Mahaprabhu is trying to give up all that Radha gave up. In the Brajalila. In the mood of Radha. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I don't know. If you have some friend who has cancer, if you will. No? And that friend of yours is losing his hair. So you shave your head also. To accompany, to be empathic, basically. No, or the person I don't know is using certain clothes that they have to use because of the thing. You wear those same clothes. No? Like we are on the same page. So similar here, Krishna with Sri Radha. No? Some one friend of mine calls Mahaprabhu the empathic God. No? Krishna be trying to have full empathy to enter into the shoes of Radha and to properly reciprocate with her love. Hmm? So basically, Ma- Ma- Krishna as Mahaprabhu is, is Krishna showing how much he loves Sri Radha, how much he loves, he loves, sorry, Sri Radha, he loves the gopis. Mm-hmm. And he is abandoning his own mother, Sachi, his own beloved wife, Vishnu Priya, the whole of Navadvip, mm-hmm. the whole of Vrindavan, basically, if you want, and showing mm-hmm. how their love is superior to everyone else's love. Mm-hmm. So he's even living. His mother, as we say in Spanish, I don't know if that word applies in English, but Krishna is not a mamachari, no? <laughs> like attached to one's mother and remain. He's, I mean, he's attached, of course, in, in a transcendental way, but in this case, for the sake of Radha's love, he's leaving everything behind. Mm-hmm. Lochandas Thakur calls, considering all this, Lochandas Thakur calls Mahaprabhu sannyas Adbhuta sannyas. Mm-hmm. Adbhuta means like astonishing. It's not just a normal sannyas. There is so much astonishing, astonishment, astonishing reasons behind that. Hmm? So there we find Mahaprabhu in the mood of Radha, in separation of Krishna, trying to pay back his debt. And an important point here is that we have a role to play in that. We are invited and expected to serve 
Mahaprabhu's feelings in those moments. That's not a cheap thing, but that's our hope. Again, Mahaprabhu is in Krishna, in the mood of Radha, in separation of Krishna. And that's why we call, we, we, we will say, that's why we chant Krishna Nam. We are chanting Krishna Nam to relieve Mahaprabhu in the mood of Radha, in separation from Krishna. <laughs> For example, also in, in the Krishna Lila, that's how some devotee here who has affinity for Manjari Bab, for example, I think they mentioned that the other day, they will consider the Mahamantra in those terms. They will consider Hare Krishna Rama, three names of Krishna, and they will be singing, thinking, I'm singing this for my Praneshwari, my Swamini, my mistress Shirada, to relieve her in separation from Krishna. I will chant Krishna's names to, to her, as a service to her, to relieve her fever from separation of Krishna. Or the same idea can be applied in direction to Mahaprabhu, who is Krishna in the mood of Radha, in separation from Krishna. So it is said that in this way, and sometimes the separation is so extreme, as we know, that they find, feel themselves, I am about to die. So our role eternally in the Lila is try to save their lives. Try to save the lives of Mahaprabhu, try to save the life of Sri Radha, try to save the life of Sri Krishna in separation from each other. So that's the, your, that will be part of your service in eternity. So better you are preparing yourself for that. So you realize it's not a cheap thing. It's not, I go there to Golovrin down and I eat some kachoris and play and yeah, I do some service also. No, 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 it's not like this. You, your role will be crucial there. You will be more than required. <laughs> not to feed one's ego by the arrangement of Yoga Maya and the grace of Swarup Shakti. They will need us there. No. Now we feel more in terms... I need so many things, and Krishna give them to me. Give me, give me, I need this, I need this. But eventually, there should be a paradigm shift. And when you are in the Lila, you will feel, oh, they are, they are so needy. Our gods are so needy. <laughs> we are not worshipping a god that is self-satisfied, doesn't need anything. That's Narayan in Vaikuntha. And the devotees worship Narayan because he's God. He's to be worshipped. We love him because he's God. But we don't approach Krishna or Mahaprabhu like that, we don't think he's God in the Lila. We feel he's so in need, no, in separation from Radha. He has this need, he has this other need, so many needs. No? Like when we know Uddhava told Nanda Maharaj, oh, you are so fortunate your son is God, and you f- feel him like your son. You are so fortunate, Uddhava say, uh, Nanda Maharaj say, Uddhava, I, I heard that you were sage. You're a very wise person, but now that I hear you speaking this nonsense, I realize you are not wise at all. How my Lala, how my Krishna can be God? God is, doesn't need anything. He's totally satisfied. Krishna is the opposite of that, Nanda said. He's always asking me things, trying to steal sweets from my pockets. He's crying when he's not receiving what he wants. And on top of that, he's stealing. He's naughty. He, and he doesn't know he's rendezvous with the gopis. Now, what to speak of that? <laughs> that's, that's not in his scope. But <laughs> So he said, how can he be God? I mean, God is... The notion of God is this one. So the point is, we are worshipping. Our deities are so much in need. But it's not a need out of existential void, out of maya. It's a need out of the necessity that comes when you are full basically. For example, when Krishna plays the flute in Rasa Lila, and the gopis run after the flute, it's not that Krishna or the gopis are lacking something. 
they are fooling themselves and they are getting together to celebrate their fullness. But when you are full, that creates another necessity out of fullness. You follow? Here in this world, we feel necessities out of emptiness. <laughs> and we are running here and there trying to fill those voids with objects or whatever, people. <laughs> in the higher realms, there's, an, uh, there's necessity, but out of fullness, not out of emptiness. <laughs> out of love. As my Guru Mahesh will say, when, when two people who are full meet, they feel the necessity of celebrating their fullness. So that's a necessity. Celebrate. So celebrate takes the form of Leela. And so many things happen in the Leelas, we know. And, we, and there's so much necessity. Actually, there's more necessity there than anywhere else. We think we are needy here now. That's a joke. Try to think how much in need is Sri Radha in separation from Krishna. <laughs> or Krishna in separation from Radha. That's real necessity. Our necessities... <laughs> I mean, we feel this is so important. But if you compare one thing with the other, you realize my necessities are it's, it's just a joke, basically. That I'm taking too seriously. And that's my problem. So the, 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 to advance spiritually means to really understand which are the real necessities. <laughs> and how much in need... They are there, and, and, and I have to go there and render some service. That's a long topic. I can get lost in that direction. But, but it's an important point for us to understand. No? I mean, actually, we may not be on that level, but an advanced sadhaka will, will engage in bhajan from that side. will be totally absorbed in, into serving those extreme needs found in, in the Leela and Radha and Krishna or Gurudev himself. My Guru Maharaj likes to quote this verse uh, from Rupa Goswami. Tunde tanda vinira timbita nute tundavali lapdaye karna krodha kadambini gathayate karnar budhivya spriha cheto prangana sangini vijayate sarbendriyanam kritim noja neja nitaki adhviramrita krishneti varnamdai. So this is arguably the most uh, important verse connected to the chanting of Srinam. And Rupa Goswami says, I don't know how, many, how much nectar is in these two syllables, Krishna. I cannot, I cannot start to fathom how much is there. When, when my tongue enters in contact with the name, with these two syllables, immediately I feel desperate. And I feel the need of having thousands of tongues. That's a subjective experience. Only one tongue? Why one tongue? How unjust this is. I need hundreds. That's the prayer of an advanced devotee. No, not give me money, give me house, give me more tongues to do proper justice to the nectar of the name. Only one tongue, I feel it's, I'm not honoring such a thing. And when the name touches the whole of the year, I start to feel desperate and pray to Krishna, give me thousands of years, only two years, no. So the point, my, my Guru Mahesh quotes this verse and say, that's the situation of the Guru or, of the, or an advanced sadhu. He's a desperate, she's in, in a desperate condition. She's in need. Give me more tongues. Give me more ears. And we are, as disciples, are to offer our ears and tongues as an extension of his own tongues and ears in his service. That's what Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta will say to his disciples. He said, I'm not asking anything from you, but just give me your ears. Pay attention to what I have to tell you. Of course, he knew by giving this, you end up... I mean, everything starts here, but the whole colonization of our hearts began from the ears, so that's how it works. But the point is, Guru is a desperate person in a transcendental sense, non-mundane. And we are to assist Sri Guru. 
He needs more ears, more tongues. So we are to dedicate our ears and tongues as an extension of theirs. And that will take us to that same li similar type of service in connection to Radha and Krishna Mahaprabhu and so on. Mm -hmm. So, one more thing, if, if you give me time. An an another purpose for Mahaprabhu's sannyas mm -hmm. is, again, as, as, he, as Krishna says in the Gita, Napar, in, in the Bhagavad, he said, I cannot repay my debt to you even if I try for a lifetime of Brahma. And Sanatana Goswami comments on this, say, but nonetheless I will try. Once in a day of Brahma I will come as a sadhu, Mahabrabhu, and I will make devotees for you as a, as a way of trying to chant your glories, Krishna is saying to Radha. I will come as a sadhu and I will preach and trying to make devotees for you so they can assist you. So that's another reason why Mahaprabhu is taking sannyas for preaching. <laughs> no, because he wants to make servants of Sri Radha that in, in, and as a way of paying his debt back on some level, no? something. No? So that's another way of us conceiving <clears throat> our own transformation as devotees. No? I want to become a better devotee so Mahaprabhu can pay his debt back in a better way. No? I'm trying to serve Mahaprabhu in that way. It's not that I try to become devotee for myself. I'm trying to assist Mahaprabhu in this high depth of love he has. <laughs> the fall, like, like one devotee once said, when we are chanting Japa, we are doing Sankhya Nam. Sankhya means like counting. Of course, we should chant, not count. But we are somehow counting. And he gave the example as a very greedy person is counting his money. No? <laughs> In our case... <clears throat> We will count our our beads, but trying to help Mahaprabhu to pay back his debt. Like we are paying a little bit for him to be able to receive forgiveness. So in this sense, we can consider our <clears throat> our chanting of Nam is a service to Krishna in his form of Mahaprabhu. Because again, Mahaprabhu is Krishna, indebted, trying acknowledging the debt, trying to pay it back, and asking us, help me, help me become a devotee. Of, of Radha, become a devotee. No? Our lineage in Gaudiya Sampradaya mostly points to that direction. Manjari Bhav and Priyanarma Sakya, which also has to do with becoming a devotee. <laughs> so Mahaprabhu is, as, is spreading that and asking, please embrace that gift so you help me to not be so indebted, basically. <laughs> mm -hmm. So in that way, we could say that Krishna is coming as Mahaprabhu to taste. The, the, the type of worship that Radha is experiencing. And his movement has to do with distributing that love, basically. And in that way, that's the way that Mahaprabhu is trying to pay back his debt, basically. Making devotees for Sri Radha. So again, in our attempt to preach, whenever some devotees are engaged in spreading the good tidings, the good news, <laughs> such campaign should be ideally conceived internally with this awareness, aware of this thing. You, although externally you may be engaged in administration and management and this and you have to print the book and distribution and headaches dealing with other people and so on, in the deepest sense we should be remember this is an internal service to assist Mahaprabhu, to assist Krishna as Mahaprabhu paying back his debt of love to Sri Rada, which is a totally deep and high notion. Uh, even though externally it may seem you are trying to make new devotees 
it's not just to have people and to get money or something. It's to help Krishna to pay back his debt, which is a big debt he has. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so that's basically the idea, no? Uh, Mahaprabhu is trying to pay back his debt, especially in Gambira, as we know, his tears and tears and tears where he tried to go through the experience of Sri Radha and trying to be empathic as much as possible, hmm? experiencing what Radha experienced in separation from Krishna, especially in the Brahma Gita, as we spoke in our series recently, in Jagannath Puri. Hmm? So this is mostly the secret of the Sanyas Leela of Mahaprabhu. So you, I, I hope you, you, you feel the difference between only dressing as a sannyas to attract the people of the time and all this that has to do with the the real main purpose for his descent, the internal lila. Hmm? There is one more lila, and with this I promise I finish my presentation, hmm? that we may connect with this. Why, Mahaprabhu, why Krishna and Mahaprabhu accepted sannyas? Because it is said that at one moment, Krishna himself in the Braja lila accepts sannyas uh, on some level, as we will see. <laughs> and Sri Radha will accept sannyas in reply to that. And then now Krishna Mahaprabhu will accept sannyas <laughs> to pay back that sannyas, if you will. No? So this is narrated by one Siddha Manohar Das, which is a sadhu who is considered to be a perfected saint who wrote a book by Dr. Vilas. So I will mention briefly, it's a long story that will take a whole lecture, but we can share that in more detail at some other moment. But the point is that in one Lila in Vrindavan, <clears throat> Krishna was waiting for Sri Radha, and Radha was on the Abhisar. Abhisar means like love journey, trying in the, the journey that you go towards meeting your beloved. That period when you are journeying in that direction called Abhisar. But she was about to get into the Abhisar, but so many obstacles came on her way, which is usual on a daily basis. Now that's what Parakiya is about. No? Rupa Goswami describes Parakya as a type of love which is full with obstacles. <laughs> if there are no obstacles, there is no Parakya, basically. There has to be opposition. Sri Lassana will say, opposition increases the harmony. <laughs> no? It creates that contrast. If there is no opposition, there is no beauty, ultimately, he will say. So Parakya is filled with this because it's a secret love, forbidden love, and so many obstacles on a daily basis she rather has to go through. Jatila, Kutila, Abhimanyu, all these dysfunctional personalities living in her house <laughs> that are totally against Krishna. In, the, in one sense, of course, now they are not like bad people. All of them actually love Krishna because they are in the Lila, <laughs> but they play that role. So she has to go through all that, through society, meeting Krishna in the midday without no one noticing that in Vrindavan. So there's so much like obstacles there. But that creates the very experience of Parakya. But in this particular day, Shirada was not able to make it. She was not able to go out of her house uh, and she was not able to meet Krishna. And Krishna was waiting for her, waiting for her. Generally, the situation is the opposite. Shirada is waiting for Krishna on many occasions. Krishna never comes. He met Chandravali on the way and he was taken to her. So now, some reaction came to him. <laughs> But the point is, Sirada didn't come, and eventually Krishna somehow entered into Man himself. He became angry with Radha. She didn't come. And I came, and I prepared the whole kunja and decorated everything, and she never came. 
So I am frustrated with all these ladies and these issues with women. Christians say, ah, too much headache. No? All this coming and going, ups and downs. She loves me, she loves me not. She didn't come. Enough. Enough for me. No? <laughs> so in that way, Krishna accepts sannyas. In one sense, no, it's not accepting any, no, nothing officially, but he starts to dress in saffron. No? And he takes from him and says, I don't want anything else to do with golden stuff. Because Krishna's cloth is the color of Radha's complexion. No? As you know, and Radha's clothes are the color of Krishna's complexion. No? Like yin-yang. No? You have two colors, but one color is in another part of the other one. No? So Krishna throws all the, his pitambara, his yellow cloth, and he just dresses like a monk, like a renunciant. No? I don't want to see anything golden. No? When Radha is in man, it's the opposite, no? She doesn't want to see anything black. <laughs> no, and every, every, everything around her is the color of Krishna. No? Her eyeliner, her clothes, her different bodily uh, clothes and different decorations. So she orders paint everything white and she puts sandalwood paste with tinged, dyed with black, with white and no more sham color. Now Krishna is in that mood now. No? So to make a long story short, sorry, I have to... <laughs> Uh, eventually Radha gets to know about this. Krishna is angry with you. He's dressed in saffron. He doesn't want to know anything from you. He's in man. No? He's angry. So she rather herself dresses as a mendicant. No? She accepts sannyas. Mm-hmm. And one day she goes to the house of Yashoda. And on the way to the house of Nanda and Yashoda, everyone in Brindam becomes like, oh, who is that? Sanyas, so charming. Everyone is charmed in brush by seeing. Nobody is recognizing who she is. No? She arrived to Jasoda's house, Nanda's house, and they receive, oh, a sadhu came to our house. No, let's no, bring him back. And, 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 and Jasoda was concerned by Krishna. No? My Lala is in this in angry, in this mood. He now accepts sannyas. I mean, he's supposed to be the the heir to the throne of Raj of the cowherds and he became a monk what will happen with the whole kingdom of cowherds here so Jasoda was concerned for him and now a sadhu is coming and it's such a nice sannyas and, 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 and generally these sadhus give instruction and give blessings so on and also they ask for madhukari which is some donation in exchange or something so again I'm making a long story short <laughs> Even though it seems I'm making it long, it's, I'm making it short. <laughs> so eventually, Yashoda starts to speak with this sannyasi, and, and, and she, she starts to tell the situation with Krishna, and the sannyasi say, can I see your son? Maybe, maybe I can help him. Yeah, I will bring it to him. So Yashoda says, Krishna, come, come, come. A very beautiful sannyasi, sadhu came, and Krishna said, I don't want to see anyone. But Yashoda said, but you now are dressing as a sannyasi, so you may be happy to see another monk like you. So she started to speak in, in, that, in that logic. No? Now you are a monk, so a monk came, so you should be happy with that. So come. Finally, Krishna comes dressed in saffron. Like, and she sees this sannyas, and he becomes like, oh. he, his anger kind of dissipates. No? So, he, so he starts to speak. and So, so there is some exchange among the two, basically. And at one point, of course, Sirada starts to <clears throat> to enlighten Krishna, to soothe Krishna. And at one point, 
Ya Shoda leaves the, 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 the scene and it's Krishna with Radha's and the two of them are sannyasis, basically. You know? So at one point, Sri Radha, the sannyasi, says, well, now is the moment of asking, begging Madhukari, begging something in exchange. So Krishna says, yes, I'm willing to give you whatever you want. So the sannyasi says, I'm begging your man. Giving you, give me your man. Man is your angry. So give me your anger. Don't be angry with me, basically. Stop being angry. Let's get to. So Krishna, of course, realizes who who that sannyasi was, <laughs> and Krishna gave his anger to back to Radha, basically, his anger. So eventually, happy end to the whole story. And of course, just so that comes and sees Krishna now in a happy mood, and she's so blessed. Oh, this sannyasi is so special. And Krishna said, Yes, he's so special. I'm, I'm a monastic. He's a sannyasi. Now it's so late. We cannot allow the sannyasi to live by himself alone now, and I will have his association. So he can sleep with me in my room today. Uh, and so I say, of course, of course, uh, minimum one night. <laughs> so in this way, these other charming stories there to mention: Sri Radha accepting sannyasi in Krishna Lila, now in Gaur Lila, Krishna Mahaprabhu is accepting sannyas trying to reciprocate back to her sannyas. So, so many ways we can internally also conceive this sannyasi. So, anyhow, some words I want to share with you today concerning <clears throat> Mahaprabhu's sannyas, which again is not technically a, a lila of pertaining to Navadvip per se, but also it's a lila that, if properly understood, will take us ultimately to Navadvip for eternity. And after this sannyas lila, of course, comes the whole section of Mahaprabhu in Puri, which we already studied three months ago, so now after this you can go back to those lectures and study those others again, uh, and so on, and then go back here, and so on. So. <clears throat> but again, as I mentioned in the first meeting, the whole purpose of this series of lectures was not just to, let's share some funny stories and be entertained for a week, but let's be moved in our deepest heart and get committed, because the Lilas are not to entertain us, the Lilas are to commit us. No, to make ourselves get closer to the deity of our Sampradaya, who is Sriman Mahaprabhu, with all that it implies. So it's my prayer that today and, and through this series of lectures, something of that may have happened in each one's heart, including mine, some change of heart, so we may get even a little bit closer to appreciating Gorlila, to understanding our own identity as members of the Gaudiya Sampradaya, and to increase our commitment with what Mahaprabhu is about, with what Mahaprabhu is trying to give us through Sri Guru and the Vaishnav. So, thank you so much to all of you for inviting me here and being here hearing me, because if you are not there, I wouldn't be sharing the things. So, I, I, I need you as well. So, I'm very fortunate for your, for your patient hearing. So, thank you so much. And, uh, of course, today will be our last evening kata, and tomorrow morning we have one more meeting in the morning, 8.30, when we will have Easter Gosti. We will exchange in questions and answers. So if there are any questions that you may have concerning this today's kata, I will pass that for tomorrow. Already we are two hours almost speaking here. Or any other questions you may have, we will meet tomorrow one more time in the morning. And again, hopefully soon again. So, Srila Gurudev Ki Jai. Mahaprabhu Ki Shri Krishna Chaitanya Dev Ki Jai Shri Harinam Sankirtan Ki Jai Shri Akadasi Ki Jai Gaur Bhakta Vrind Ki Jai Gaur Pramanand Haribu